Uh, I just want to share with you, I've got like 25 minutes. And uh, there's been, listen, there's been a lot of mixed messages about women, has there not? We've had these kind of mixed messages. We had kind of the Helen Reddy thing. Burn the bra, you know, I am woman, get out of my way, man, I can do whatever you can do, stuff. Anybody see the Stepford Wives? Yeah, I'll show you. If you didn't see this movie, this is this. It was about this man and uh, I know it suits me, doesn't it? This is Phil. He wears it up here, so I don't know why. But anyway, I'm going to wear it on my hips. Anyway, The Step of Wives was a movie about this guy who was just a bit tired of the way women were and he had this idea of how women should be so he got this implant that he could just implant into the, the brain of women to make them work exactly the way they should work, the way that men want them to be. Yeah, have you seen that? Oh, yeah. And so he programmed it all in. So they, they set up this community and they just enticed couples to come in and then they would secretly steal these women at night, inject them and knock them out and put this little implant in and the next morning they would turn into one of these Stedford wives and they're gorgeous. Anyway, and this is what they would do. They would, well, just come and knock at the door, Phil. You'll be my husband for a minute. And... and <laughs> Well, you can be my husband for a long time if you want, but we're just pretending at the moment. Wait a minute. You're going to sit there. Okay, I'm just going to move this. Okay, you've got to knock at the door. And then she would go like this. Oh, precious, gracious husband. It is so lovely to see you. I have the special perfume on that you love. And I have made cookies. Come, come, my husband. Sit. Oh, you look tired from the day. Put your feet up. I will rub your shoulders for you. I have made cookies in the oven. They are just cookies. Now, smell. <laughs> Is there anything you would desire, oh humble yeah, husband worried. Worried. of mine? <laughs> You see? And then she would say, what else do you want? Do you need sex now? Okay. And she would go, <laughs> they're married. All right. Thanks, John. Okay. because they got Bette Midler and they, and, they, and they tried to make Bette Midler into a Stepford wife and the whole, it all blew up. And they found out that really, that what we think we want women to be isn't really what we need them to be. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Come my breath. It's hard work looking after a husband. <laughs> Laughter 
I've got written here, we try to be all that is expected of us. How many women? And I'm talking to women here, not just mums. We try to be more beautiful. Are we, a good, we try to be good mothers, great cooks, business women, financial experts, problem solvers, never changers, lovers, fighters, homework experts, referees at football matches, Katrina Walcott Walk says, that's me, best friends, confidence. We try to be awake when we want to be asleep. <laughs> we try not to have too many headaches. We, we do everything we can. Uh, we, 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 we encourage when we want to kill. Amen. We smile at the growling teenager when they're... And we just smile at the growling teenager most of the time while we make endless piles of sandwiches and tell kids to hurry up and get on the school bus, have a nervous breakdown every morning trying to get them out the door on time. But you know what, you know, and then we get to, the, to this and we just say, okay, time for me. What time for me? There is no time for me. And so then you get very little time as a woman to just sit there and say, well, who the heck am I anyway? Like in all this, there was a song that uh, I think um, was written by, I can't remember her name, too many years ago, I'm too young. And she wrote a song called Hats. Amy Grant, see, you're, you're showing your age now. But anyway, Amy Grant says, hats, why do I have to wear so many hats? One day I'm a mother, next day I'm a lover. What am I supposed to do? Working for a living or because I'm driven to be the very best for you? You know, I think women are incredible creatures. Wow. And today what I want to do is I want to celebrate women and try and understand them a little bit better. You know, I don't want to just talk to the women. I want to talk to the men about women. And guys, get this on board because I'll tell you what, you need to understand them. They're, they're not as complicated as you think. A lot of people say women are complicated, but there are, there are very few things that they desire. If you can just get those few keys in order, I'm telling you, you're going to have women that will be steadfast wives for you, but they will just turn on everything naturally rather than doing it because they have to. Amen? One thing women want to do is they just want to be loved and appreciated. You know, when God made woman in the garden, he presented her to man as a gift. And if, if, if in the woman's life she doesn't feel loved, cherished, and I'm not just talking about husband relationships, I'm talking about men in general. If she doesn't feel protected, loved, nurtured, if she doesn't feel like she is the most beautiful of creation, to that man, she will always feel as if she has failed her most vital role. Because her most vital role was to make life better for the man and to be something that was the best of all creation. God had made everything else and nothing satisfied him. And then he just makes this woman. And the man goes, wow, man, I think I'll call a woman. You can laugh now. Okay. But see, what has happened is that it's just, there's just been this, this conflict. There's been this mix-up of roles. There's just been this, well, I'm not being treated like a woman, so I better try and act like something else. If I'm not being treated as I should be, then I have to act like something else. And a lot of women, what they have done is they've put on the ill-fitting role of the man and they've stepped into the role of the man and they've tried to be the man and they've tried to fight like men. They've tried to defend their homes because the men are defending their homes. They've tried to, to protect themselves because men have not been kind and good to them and, and they, they haven't been cherished. 
so they feel hard and their hearts get hard and they get cold. You know, it's, it's, what I'm talking to you about this morning is where is this place? Where is the role? Where does she fit? There is a whole bunch of confusion about who the woman is and what we need to do is just go back to the very beginning so we can understand that. Okay, where did this confusion come from? Let's go to Genesis. We're going to quickly flick through this and I just want to try and get some truths home to you as women and as men. Uh, We're doing a course right now, this course here called Fight Like a Girl. We've got two of these running at the moment. Listen, I want to run another one of these uh, because this, I reckon, is life-changing. All the women that are doing it are saying yes and amen. Life-changing stuff. It really lets you know who you are as a woman, where you fit in society, not just as a married woman but as a woman in society, what God created you to be and to do and how to fight like a woman. It's powerful. So anyone wants to join that course, I will be willing to run another one if I get enough women see Katrina after the service. So we go to Genesis 1 and 27. I think it would be a good Mother's Day present for all the women to just be understood a little bit better. And all the women said, Amen. Amen. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then I'm going to 129. Then God said... I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move in the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give you every green plant for food and it was so. Amen. And then it says in Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. This is 2.15. I just skip forward. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free. Now, God, now just say, the Lord God commanded the man. Say that. The Lord yeah. The woman wasn't even here yet. <laughs> Amen. He says this, the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. And then I'm just going to go down a little bit further. I don't know where it is. I haven't marked it. I think it's about Genesis I think it's about there. uh, 2.20. We'll go 2.20. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So God had had made all these things. He'd given all these things. Here's this place. And the only thing you can't do is you can't eat from this garden, this tree, this one tree. He'd given you dominion over everything else. And and Adam still wasn't happy. And so it says, uh, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her out to the man. Let me tell you this right now. A woman was created in the garden, a place of beauty and nurture. The man was created outside of the garden, a place of adventure. And when women try and get outside of the garden, they get in trouble. Amen. And, when, and, and men need to understand that women need to be nurtured in gardens. Amen. Okay. Genesis 2.23. And the man said, Now this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. 
For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Let me just tell you then, the man and the wife were spiritually, physically and emotionally naked before one another. That word naked there means physically, spiritually and emotionally naked before one another. A lot of people get naked before one another when they're married and not feel ashamed but they're never emotionally naked and they never get spiritually naked before one another. But God is trying to bring order back into marriages and relationships and I'm talking about relationships here as well because, you know, when you come to church, God wants you to be spiritually, physically and emotionally naked before him. Amen. Um, You know what I'm talking? I'm talking the spirit here because that's why he likens the church to, 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 to marriage. He wants relationship like that with us. He doesn't want us to hide anymore. He wants us to come out and be who we are. And then it says this, Genesis 3.1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must eat from any tree in the garden? Now just, I just want to say, did God ever say it to the woman? Did God ever say to the woman, you must not eat? No, he said it to the man. And the man was supposed to be the one who protected the woman. He was supposed to be the guardian over her. Who, who, he was supposed to confer that message, you're not supposed to eat. God said, you're not supposed to eat. She wasn't even on the scene when God said that. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, so she had some knowledge, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. In Genesis 3, 4, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. You know that right there, Woman saw something. What did she see? She saw that equality with God may be something that can be grasped. There was something so spiritual in the woman that she saw that equality with God may be something that can be grasped. And that is such a beautiful thing that we see in Philippians. We see in Philippians 3 where it says Jesus humbled himself unto death because he said that equality with God was not something that could be grasped. He reversed the curse of the mistake that women had made and he made himself a servant, amen, and he made himself humble, even humble unto death. And and he says here, and then they they go on the whole blaming game. Um, And and they ate, and they ate, which we got where they ate, and then God said, uh, the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, they hid from the Lord God among the trees, of the garden, but the Lord God called to man. The Lord God called to man. The Lord God called to man. Why did he call to man? Because he was responsible. Wow. He, he, had, he, had, he, had, he had walked away from his responsibility of being the one who was to look after and nurture this gift that he had given him. And he called man responsible. Wow. He called to man. The Lord God said to man, uh, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. you know how many eyes there are in there? All of a sudden there's this woman that God has given him, but all of a sudden it's just me. It's me defending me. I've forgotten about the woman you've given me now. She was gorgeous. That was great. Thanks very much. But now it's all about me again. And so it's I, 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 I hid. I was naked. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, then he goes here, the woman that you gave me. Okay, so all of a sudden she's not a treasure anymore. All of a sudden she's a problem. 
all of a sudden now there's a lie, the root lie of the enemy that has been planted into humanity since the beginning of time. The woman is a problem. You're a problem. This woman that you gave me, she's a problem. She's the one that told me to eat. She's the problem. And this is the, I'll go on about that more later. She, she's the problem. And the, uh, she gave me the fruit and I ate it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And she says, the serpent deceived me. And I, she just tells the truth. She doesn't really, you know, a lot of people say she's trying to blame the serpent. But actually she just tells the truth. She just says, well, you know, I don't know what the heck's going on here, but the serpent deceived me and I ate actually that I got deceived. And she was quite honest about that. And I find that with women, with God. They're easily transparent with God. They easily will open up their hearts and say, God, I was wrong. They come to repentance very quickly. They'll, they'll let God examine their hearts really quick because their heart is close to God. And so the Lord God, I'm not doing a vindicating thing. I'm just showing you what it says in the Word of God. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this curse to you above all livestock and all wild animals, we know he's talking here about Satan, you will crawl on your belly, you will eat dust all the days of life. And listen to this, Genesis 3.15, and I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and hers and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Listen, I want to tell you this. Right at this point here, God defended the woman. Right there, God said, I will vindicate this woman. This woman, yeah, she's made a mistake, but I'm telling you this. Right now, I'm going to put enmity between you and her. I'm going to show you what kind of strength this woman has got. I'm going to show you right now. You know what enmity is? Some people say in the courts of law of divorce, it's irreconcilable differences. But that's not the meaning of this word in the scriptures. The scriptures say irreconcilable hostilities that grow with time. Irreconcilable, irreconcilable hostilities that grow with time. The beginning of time was the fall of man. The end of time is when Jesus comes to restore all things. What started out as a, as a snake becomes a serpent. Amen. Or a dragon. What started out as a serpent becomes a dragon and the woman has this war against her and her seed that grows with time and what she needs is men who will defend her and stand with her and understand the war that she is in because she is the seed carrier. If the enemy can wipe out the woman and her womb, then he can stop the population of mankind. She is the one who brings the seeds into the future. She is the one who carries the seed in her womb that will shoot arrows of young people into the future future generations to do the will of God. Amen. Right now there's women in this congregation that aren't even natural mothers but they're spiritual mothers and they have spiritual women so they're shooting out. They're shooting out young people. They're shooting out young people into the future like arrows shot into the future. They're shooting them into the future. Amen. 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 And it says this, I'll put enmity between you and the woman between your seed and hers. What's the seed of the enemy? It's anything that's evil, anything that's bad. There's this enmity. There's this irreconcilable hostility. There's this hatred that cannot even be described. Why? Because out of the woman will come a seed that will crush the serpent's head. That was Jesus Christ. And out of the seed of Mary's womb, pregnant by the Holy Spirit of God, came the Son of God, pure and holy, who crushed the serpent's head. Amen. And every seed born of woman from, from then on and since the beginning of time has the same ability to do the same thing. But the enemy were trying to shut her up. 
The enemy would try and sit her down. The enemy would try and make her act in an ill-fitting role so she can't be the fullness of what she's been called to be to the earth. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You know, if you want to be, if you can be a woman but you're in the wrong role, then you're not going to be of any use to the earth. As any more than a man who is feminine and gay is any use to the earth in his outworkings of what God originally planned for him to do as a man. That's why we see right now men getting whimsy and, 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 and guys, you need to get up, get some muscles on. I'm not talking about, you know, doing weights. You know what I'm saying. Spiritual muscles. You young men, the way you play those drums this morning, that's about playing drums like a man. I heard a man in those toms this morning. I said, come with me, James, and you came with me like a warrior right behind me in Jesus' name. Amen. He didn't play those drums like a little boy. He played those drums like a man this morning. And we're raising men in this house. Amen. What do you think they want? All the guys, you know, like, you know, oh, gee, you know, yeah. And then you see on television, you see men being belittled, you see, every television show, you'll see men being made look like idiots. Look at Friends. Just look at Friends. Men look like idiots. They're all idiots, those guys in that house. They all look like fools and idiots. And the women, you know, they just make them out to be idiots and they laugh behind their back. You know what I mean? There's this whole thing going on. What about, I, I've never, I, I would never watch the movie called Mr. and Mrs. Smith and I would ask you not to watch it. I think I, I've seen a couple of scenes that would make my stomach turn. I think it's satanic and I hate it. But there you have a woman fighting a man at the same level as a man, thrashing into each other, belting each other up, all in the name of entertainment. And we have these women that stand like this and they're going to fight and I can take you on. And the whole, if you look at the media right now, it's the whole masculinity of women and the whole femininity of man. The roles have been reversed and the roles have changed. Look at this. It says in Genesis 3.16, and to the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. And all the women said, thanks. And <laughs> with pain you will give birth to your children. And how many women know that the pain of giving birth to children just isn't at childbirth? But, you know, as Louise said, you know what I mean? It's a lifetime of birthing these children, not just from the womb into life, but from the womb into the promises of God for their lives. You know, and I want to encourage you women this morning. Wrestle for those children. You know, many people say, your kids are amazing, your kids are great. You haven't seen how many nights that I've been in my room and I've wailed over my children. I've warred over my children. I've seen the enemy coming from afar because a woman has perception to see the enemy coming. Do you know that the helpmate means this, the discerner of the enemy? Do you know that? Do you know that God gave her discernment to discern the enemy before he was even coming? And she can warn, she can warn, say the enemy's coming, we need to pray. And I've done that over my children. They say, Mum, we can't get away with anything. Why did God give you a prophetic gift? I said, he didn't just give me a prophetic gift, he gave me a mother's heart. And I know what you feel, you're, 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 you're part of me, you're out of my own womb. And we birth them into their promises. And now I've planted my daughter into Andrew's garden. Amen. And now she will flourish in the house of Flaxman in Jesus' name. I love, I love that stuff. And to the woman he said, da, da, da. And, and it says this, your pain will give birth to the children. And it says, your desire will be for your husband. And this is where it changed. Where God stood man and woman as equal before him. After the fall, he said, and he will rule over you. 
and he will, that's when the first time God said that man would rule over women. Now, what happened before that? God said that they would have dominion over everything. You can have dominion over everything, every plant, every animal. You have dominion over the earth. I've given you the keys of earth. Don't give them away to anyone. You have dominion over everything except one thing. The only thing you do not have dominion over is each other. He never gave them dominion over each other. He gave them dominion as, as an entity to walk together side by side and go and multiply, flourish and, and bring order to the earth. And he wanted them to start in a garden and then increase and increase and increase until it filled the whole earth with the glory of God. Amen? They were given dominion over everything except each other, but the fall changed everything. Can you put that first slide about dominion? Because this is what happened. Dominion became domination. Now, it was either the man decided to dominate the woman or the woman decided to dominate the man. And instead of using dominion together to stand side by side and go out and fight the forces of evil and bring multiplication and healing to the earth, it turned on each other and they began, that was the battle of the sexes. Multiplication became what? Division. Instead of multiplying, they divided. They divided. They began to divide. Amen. And order became chaos. So instead of these things, dominion, multiplication and order, came these things, domination, division and chaos. All because why? Because things got out of divine order. Because men and women fell and they forgot what their positions were. Satan stole the dominion of the earth from the two who are supposed to be one. I'm going to say that again. Satan stole the dominion of the earth from the two who were one. The two who were one. The two who were one. He made them two. He divided them. Amen. He had to divide to conquer. Now listen, when you hear that scripture that says, no uh, house divided against itself shall stand. Don't go to sleep on an argument. I'm talking about parents and children, husbands and wives, but especially husbands and wives. Don't get division. Don't get division between single women and your pastor and your church because we, he has to divide to conquer. Amen? Let the men of the house honour you and nurture you and let Jesus be your husband, but let the men of the house honour you and men of the house Honour and nurture the widows and the single women and honour them. Go mow their lawns. Go do stuff. Be men for goodness sake and stop letting them carry the weight of a two-person role with a one person. And, and, and all the single mums said, thanks, Jules. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love you. You're amazing and I honour you. I honour you. Amen. The enemy forgot their purpose and lost their place. They knew where they were created for dominion, but they forgot why. They forgot why. So grasping for what was lost, they began to misuse their strength and use their dominion against each other instead of for each other. And thus the battle of the sexes was born, not in the 60s, I'm sorry, in the garden. It was born. Now, I just want to read this one page to you out of this book. Gee, you know, I just want to really try and get something across here. I've got some beautiful things that I want to say to the women. If I could just have another five minutes or so. 
just look at this. Have we learned anything in all the years of pain? How many parents have lost the hearts of their children because they forgot why they had them in the first place? It was never to control them but to provide an environment in which they would flourish. How many couples have lost their marriages because they forgot why they were together? They fight against each other rather than for love. Do we grasp and wrestle with others for their roles because we lose sight of our own? We all lose when we take from others what has not been given, what is not theirs to give. We are not content to walk in the authority and the positions entrusted into our own care. The man's position is not up for grabs and it is not his to give away. The woman's place is not the man's for the taking, nor is it hers to forfeit. The two must stand together. And I'm talking about this in the church as well. Do you understand? I'm talking about young men and young women keeping sexually pure, keeping their eyes on God and standing together shoulder to shoulder. And then there's a powerful thing that happens when men and women, when the generations of men and women stand together. We have been, what we have been given to go, we should never yield to another. The man and the woman gave away what they had been entrusted to protect and steward in the Garden of Eden and we have spent all this time trying to find a way back to Eden, God's paradise where his creation flourishes. Isn't that incredible? And There's more I want to read you there but I'm going to cut it short. Listen to me. Man was meant to lead, not dominate. Woman was meant to influence, not manipulate. Man was not the boss with women doing for him. He is the leader who does with her. The husband needs to exercise the gift of naming and calling. Who knows, God gave man the gift of naming the animals. I'm going to ask you men, and I'm talking to men, not just husbands, when was the last time you named a woman around your life necessary? When was the last time you looked into the woman, the, the eyes of the wife that you loved and said, you are necessary? Men, older men in the church, when was the last time you walked up into a single woman in this house and said, you are necessary? You are amazing. I am proud of you. Your kids are amazing. She's not getting it from anywhere else except from Jesus. You know what? We need to name women who they are. Who are you? You are the beauty of all creation. You are amazing. When you walk into the room, it lights up. I want to show you something right now. Very quickly, I want all the women to stand. As quick as you can, I want you to go out that door right now. Just for a second. As quickly as you can, because I need you to do this real quick. Every woman, that's every girl, every, everything that looks feminine in this house. I'm going, don't worry. No, no, Steve, sit down. We're, we're, we're setting you free today. In Jesus' name. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's all right, sweetie. Come on. Yeah, mummy's out here. She's all right. She's all right. Just quickly out the door, girls. Okay. All right, now, men, I just wanted to have a look around. Not out here, at each other. <laughs> Breathe, take a deep breath of the odour. And, and just for one minute, ask yourself, what would life be like without women? 
If you don't be quiet, I'm going to read out your Mother's Day card you gave this morning. In front of everybody. And it's a bit embarrassing because it's a little intimate. So, come back in. No, before you come back in, hang on. Hang on, hang on. That's my necklace. All right, now just to help the atmosphere, just a little. remind you of what life is like with women in it and now women come like a great company of women into the house of God and we're going to, all the men are going to stand and honour you. Come on. Come on. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Awesome. Now, I just want to just do it. Well, sit down. Do you think life's better with women? You know, it's like having a, it's like having life without a garden or a colour. Or in Hebrew customs, what the woman and the man would do is stand up, Phil. Yeah, come. Yeah. Yeah, he would pull the thread off her veil. Come here. This way. There, darling. There. Right. Now, what he would do... Hang on. I'm losing my veil. Hang on. Now... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I'll make it a bit more beautiful. Okay. What... what, You know on my wedding day what happened? This reminds me of... All my eyelashes got stuck to the veil. (laughs) And I couldn't shut them. And I kept thinking, get this veil off me, I can't, sh- I can't blink. And then as I was standing outside, I had one of these big net skirts and all these uh, little bugs come up and decided it was a, net, a bug catching net. And um, my, whole, my whole dress got full of bugs. So I'm outside the church, they're lifting my dress up, getting all the bugs out of my... It was fun. Anyway. Gosh. It's me. So what a man does in Hebrew law, he would go home to his house. It's not the woman that makes the preparations, it's the man. He would go home to his house. He would make this house beautiful for her. He would make it smell beautiful. He would make his servants cook her meals. He would go in and prepare the wedding chambers for her. He would just make it all beautiful for her. And then he would go up to her house with all his friends to get her. And then when he got her, he'd bring her back to the house and he would bring her into the room and he would walk her around the room in a circle seven times. He'd walk with her, would he? He'd walk her around. I thought she stayed. No, you'd be quiet. (laughs) I'm the boss here. He'd walk around seven times. For a minute anyway, it's going to change in a minute. And just say we've done this seven times. Now, he would do that to declare to the whole room that he was the covering over her. Because she walked in the inside, he walked in the outside, she walked on the inside. I want to say, men, you are the covering over women. And I want to tell you, in the war that they're in, they need to be covered. They need to be understood. 
and then just stand there and then they would stop. Come here so everyone can see like this. And she would remove the veil. She would take it off her microphone. There. And she would remove the veil and she would put it over his shoulder and she would say, the government is upon his shoulders. It's true. It's a Jewish wedding, isn't it? And I want to tell you this. Do you know how much protection there is in that? Do you know how safe... (laughs) I love him. I can't help it. I love you. I can't help it. You're so gorgeous, darling. The government shall be upon his shoulders. There's something that happens when we just take our rightful place. Listen, someone, someone says this to us when we first went to ministry. They said this, you're both powerful leaders, you're both powerful people. Don't criticise the lack in each other. Make it up. And I think what Phil and I have done as, as, as God graciously has taught us is to demonstrate the original purpose of man and woman on the earth and we're learning every day how to do it better. But we submit to one another out of love for God. We honour one another. We walk as one. The two are one. Yesterday we were praying for our church. We held hands together and we said, Lord, the two that are one agree that our church will prosper. Amen. Amen. It says here in Proverbs 30:21, under three things the earth trembles. Under four things it cannot bear up. Now, there's three things that make the earth tremble. That's pretty heavy stuff, making the earth tremble. One is a servant who becomes king, a fool who is full of food. And listen to this. The third one is this, what makes the earth tremble. An unloved woman who is married makes the earth tremble. God's heart is for women to be loved. And whether they're married, unmarried, they need to be honoured in the house of God. Young, old, they are spiritual, beautiful beings that need to be honoured. God said it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And I want to declare to every woman in this house, and I want you men to listen. All right, now in Jesus' name, I break the lie that you are a problem. Every woman in this place, I say to you, you are not a problem. There was a problem. It wasn't good for man to be alone. And God gave an answer to that problem. So he made woman. I want to tell you this, women. You have been made from the rib of man. Do you know the rib that you have been made from is actually the rib that covers the man's heart? If you did an x-ray on a man right now, you would see that he has one less rib than you. He has a little stub and it's the very rib that covers his heart. He doesn't have one. Women do, men don't. The actual fact, physical fact of the Bible is true. When God took the rib, he took it from the very place of the heart. He took it from the heart. Why? Because for two reasons. He wanted to take a part of himself, the very heart of God, the fullness of the purity of love and he wanted to present it to the earth in all its fullness. He wanted to present this woman who could love like Father loves, love like God gives. 
she, he wanted to give her he wanted to give her power power to speak and things would come into being out of her love and out of the abundance of the heart of God he wanted to give her blessing in her mouth that she would speak do you know that a woman can speak to man she can speak to a woman she can speak to a child and cause them to live do you know that a woman a mother can speak to sons and cause them to rise up do you know that a woman can either kill or destroy or build her husband with her words if she says to him you are my when Phil was starting to this church you know he, he even himself said who the heck am I I can't do this I say you are a mighty man of valour I know beyond a shadow of a doubt you can do this you are, you are great. God has called you. And every time he gets into that place, I use my words to uplift. And you know what? You need to use your words to one another. The woman is the protector of the heart. That's the second reason God took her from the rib that protects the heart. She is the protector of the heart of man. Do you know that man is vulnerable in the areas of his heart? That's why he stays tough and he pretends he doesn't feel. But woman is the protector of it and she can protect his heart. Not only is she is the protector of the heart of the man, she's the protector of the heart of humanity. She is there as the guardian of the heart. Why do you think that the enemy has treated her so badly so, and had, had men treat her so badly so that she would go into self-defence mode and not protect others' hearts but protect her own? that she would shut down everything that God has given her to do on the earth so she can protect her own heart and get hardened in heart and then try and be like a man so she feels like she's a somebody. I say to the women of this house today, unlock your hearts. And I say to the men of this house today, let her have a safe place where she can do that. Because if she opens up her heart and you begin to criticise, she'll go right back inside again. There's one more point I want to make to you right now. If God had intended for the woman to stay hidden and quiet, he would have left her inside the man. But he wanted her to have a place and he wanted her to have a voice and he wanted to give her influence and so he took her out of the man. And ever since that day, society, even God help us, the church has tried to put woman back in, inside the man and say, well you can be represented through the man you can be represented through the man you can speak through the man, you can have a voice through the man but God is putting things back in order because the two shall stand as one and the voice of the woman again will be heard in the church And the voice of the mother will cause the sons to arise. And the voice of the grandmothers will bring great wisdom into the house. And the the voice of the young daughters will ask the questions that need answering. We need to hear the voice of every generation of women. And we need that voice to be sweet, to be loving, to be feminine, to be kind, to be protecting, to be uplifting to be influential. Let's all stand to our feet in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let me just say these things. 
Woman was taken from the rib over the heart. She is the protector of the heart of humanity. Woman has a womb that carries seed into the future. Woman has influence in her words to inspire the men and the sons to arise. Woman is the crown of creation. Her beauty and fragrance are a gift to the earth. Woman is the mother of all living. Woman is the heart and the love of God. God took woman out so she would not be hidden. He gave her a voice. Imagine what would happen right now. Imagine what would happen right now if every woman, a whole generation of women, looked in the mirror each day and says these things. I am an answer. All the women say that right now. And the next one. I have the power to rock this world. Say it. The next one. I was created for good and not for harm. Next one. I do not need to roar because I hold the power of a whisper. Next one. I don't have to be black or white for I am the beauty and the colour of all creation. Say this after me. I am woman. Let's give them a hand. Amen.